Welcome back to Premier Sports Academy guest speaker series brought to you by Sportscraft Source for Sports. Actually, they all kind of level out, so it's nice to see kids that are young too. Um, well, maybe be and try to evaluate how that curve goes, and and I think more times than not in baseball, if you're the best player at nine or ten. You may not, or there's a good chance you're not the best when you're 16, 7. Um, where in hockey, you know, usually the best kid at 12 is usually the best kid all the way through. Uh, uh, and I think there's eight times uh, it's a late developing sport. And, uh, you know, that, that. so when we come out and evaluate, it's nice to see young kids, but primarily we recruit 9th or 10th graders. Okay. And I think that's a good point that you made talking about, you know, seeing kids when they're younger and when they're older. Baseball seems to be a funny sport like that, um, where the physical developments, um, you know, when kids start to develop at the 14, 15, 16 year mark, uh, you see that change and particularly the kids that start taking the game more seriously, where, you know, not necessarily the most talented person is the best player anymore. It, it literally is the hardest working player because they've developed those tools, you know, over that period of time. Did we lose him? Yeah, I think I think you've. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying. Um, just talking about uh, the kids when they get to that high school age and they start to develop. Uh, you know, they they kind of do overtake those talented kids that were you know better when they were younger. Because baseball is is that sport where those raw tools you know when you start to develop it makes a big difference in in your playing ability because it's such a technical sport. I, I think a hundred percent. I think you've hit it on the nose, and I think you know i tell kids all the training you know i've been fortunate enough to be involved with my own kids at you know 8 9 10 11 12 years of age and you're with these athletes at that age and you know the bigger stronger guys are usually but as everything levels out it is a technical sport and and it's a thinking sport too you know or at an early age you don't have to think game it's so quick it's so small diamond bigger get older you know your mind is plays a huge role in it and you know kids in literally get 600 but and you're a really good hitter when you're older you're hitting 300 you know so i think more and more as you grow and as you change components one part of it but i think a huge part part of it is and how, how you handle how you handle success yeah no for sure no, and, that, and that's a big part of it, too. I mean, um, like we talked about it before we jumped on uh, the call here, but um, just talking about your recruiting trips and, again, what what you look for specifically in an athlete that you would, again, talk to his parents, um, talk to uh, his coaches. So what, what do you look for mainly in an athlete that you would bring into your Vauxhall program? Well, we're we're around uh, you know three to five or six centers uh, throughout the country and watch players. You know, ultimately, you're there. Yeah, they're trying to dream where a kid is in the ninth or tenth grade and where they may be in grade twelve. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, the athletic ability and how they swing. You know, all those things. I think we're all an athlete, but. 
Boxall's a little more unique than other places where we're 24 7. So they don't just come practice at two o'clock every day. Here, you go to school together, they practice together, then they have a snack, then they have dinner, then they hang out in the evening together. It is 24 7. So, you know, it's really important to make sure we have the right makeup as an athlete and, and, and understand and, and really try to do our back homework with kids um, to make sure that the student is going to be a good fit. Not everybody fits with Foxhole, and it has nothing to do with baseball a lot of times. You know, we would, we would athletes from across, we don't take any more. Um, sometimes I wish, you know, it might be June 1st and our roster is full for the next fall. And we might run into an arm that is 88 miles an hour in these guys, but we can't take them. Because uh, once our roster is full, our roster is full. They live in a residence, and there's a bunch of structure around that residence, and we there's 22 beds, period. So um, it's unique. And when we go on these recruiting trips, I think the baseball is part of it, but I, I think it's important for parents on where you get seen by people. people you, you know, every player that has an opportunity, and I go watch a, tr- a camp, let's say, or a workout in Fredericton, New Brunswick, like the kids are nervous, their anxiety levels are high, like their careers are flashing before their eyes, and, and, and it is farthest from the truth. And I think it's important for parents to understand more in a tough position where they feel awkward, they feel nervous, and as you go forward, the more you can do that, the more comfortable they're going to become. And I think when I do these trips, I try to explain that to parents. Uh, we don't charge anything. We just go and uh, I think I owe it to families if they're going to take time out of their weekend, if I'm able to travel or if I came to, to Newfoundland, you know, should take time where me families and me to do a little bit of a clinic um, to give back to certain areas of baseball. And we've always had a ton of success with kids that come off off beaten track that may aren't in the markets. Uh, we've had a lot of success with kids that are from Areas that, you know, a good example would be uh, Saskatchewan. Um, Garrett, nobody knows where bigger Saskatchewan. And he did a great job in Saskatchewan developing. And what we had was hungry. He was big. He was a Friday night starter at UBC. And, uh, you know, it's just one example, but I think that that's an important piece of it. Yeah, and I guess with with the academy, I'm I'm sure there's multiple reasons that you're doing the things the way you do them. But is part of the living experience to start exposing kids to what perhaps college baseball would look like and preparing them for that life, you know, after high school. Because I've heard so many stories of athletes the first time they really go away for sports is college. They find themselves in a situation that they've never been in before and they get uncomfortable and they leave after the first semester and kind of give up on their baseball dream. I, I think a huge part of it, um, you know, we've always talked Vauxhall kind of in that halfway house with a family. They live in a residence. We have a family that looks after the boys to give structure and guidance to their day, but they'll have chores every day, but they're on their own. They got to make big boy decisions. Okay, when I'm done school, or, you know, I go to school till two o'clock and then baseball, and it's five o'clock, 30, it's free time. 
they have decisions. Do I go play Fortnite for three hours or do I maybe do a little extra work on my swing or some visualization or more importantly, some homework? And they have the decision to make that decision on what they want. Um, and I think it helps prepare them. I think the biggest reason why kids fall apart when they get to college, man, and we are at it a uh, but teaching kids to manage their time because when you get to college it's fired if you don't win so you better be able to manage your time you better be able to make sure the school the baseball the academic all of it gets included and and you need life and you know you got to plan time because that's important i'm not saying but i think it's important for parents and everybody to realize that when they go to college it's a coach's livelihood to develop the kids uh, on and off, uh, we have a full that tries to help with that, but it's to prepare them for what the next level is. If any, one thing that I think we could certainly do, sometimes we give much guidance, too much uh, help and assistance in trying to structure their day and teach them. They don't have that. Doesn't say the thing. So, you know, it, it goes both ways, but I agree with you guys i think it's uh mainly, um to make sure when kids go off to because it's going to be hard every player every kid that comes to box so and the families every player told every player at some point in that first year worth it should i go home should i quit can i do this it's too hard uh and and when hopefully they got through a lot of that homesickness, so when they go to college, they're ready to, you know, to open their wings and go. Yeah, just and I just want to follow up on that point really quickly of talking about the homesickness and being ready to go at college. I mean, it's it's fairly common that a lot of kids that come out of high school are a red shirt in their first year. Are you seeing a lot of your kids be able to make the jump and be impactful on their college university teams in their first year because they have that experience going into their programs? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it, it's, it's so challenging for these college coaches. They get a melting pot of kids from all over. Um, and I think it's so important for players to be able to let their baseball take care of itself and let all have everything else balanced behind the scenes. And too many times these college coaches, if any of that becomes a distraction, if you're not a star, they're just going to move aside. And then imagine the pressure these coaches are going to have now at the NCAAs and another year. I have incoming high school seniors that are just going to expand. Instead of having a 35-man roster, there might be 50. There's only nine spots. Yeah. So the balance that you can do is critical to at least allowing your baseball to take care of itself. Because I think it doesn't matter if it's a high school academy or a college program. The baseball is the baseball. It's all the other stuff that will derail you way before the baseball. My opinion. Yeah, no, I, I can kind of attest to uh, just going back to your point on the homesickness and kind of that adjustment period. When I first got to, uh, I played at Brock University, and when I first got there, it was the first time leaving home on my own. And 
kind of being in a town I'd never been in, first time being in Toronto alone. And um, it's definitely overwhelming. And the only way that I kind of adjusted well enough and kind of got ready for that was I think it was mainly a team game. And I liked what you talked about there about um, the guys are together all the time from breakfast until the evening and creating that team mentality, creating those experiences together, um, whether it's a positive or sometimes a negative. If one of them has a bad day at the field or a bad game, they've got their guys there to pick them up after the game and kind of bounce ideas off of. Or um, It's definitely something that, again, when you're developing athletes, you really have to look into, again, how how is this going to affect a certain individual? And again, through the baseball world now, we see it more more often than not where it's on an individualized basis. We've got athletes that learn different ways and athletes that adjust at different times in their life. And we talked about it before, kind of that development period where you could have a late bloomer that in grade 11 or 12 starts to flourish, but grade 10, he wasn't near what uh, we thought he could be, right? And he didn't even show any glimpses of what he is today. So some great points there. And I think it kind of just rolls over into the next point that I wanted to bring up. And that's your experience with um, you've coached uh, over 130 athletes that have gone on to the collegiate and professional route. And obviously that speaks to your uh, your development as a coach. But um, what what do you think is the most rewarding, uh, rewarding thing for yourself when uh, an athlete leaves your program? Sorry, I cut you cut out rewarding thing and then <laughs> so what is the most rewarding thing for yourself as a coach uh, when an athlete leaves your program whether it whether it be to go to junior college um, division one division two uh, the Canadian collegiate route um, what is most rewarding for you as a coach with those athletes you know I I think when you know, when I look at it, I think all coaches are feeling this, and I think we all feel this right now more than we ever have felt it. You know, you, you're with all these athletes, and we just went through it. We sent players home last week, uh, three and a half months earlier than we ever have in history. And when you look at, you know, you, it's just the relationships that you miss as much as anything. It's the, the communication. It's the dialogue, you know. It's the player you've been riding hard and kind of grinding on. It's those kids that you know maybe some back, come back five years down the road or two years down the road and just say thanks. I, I sure remember it or you know thanks for all. But it's not the thank you part. I think that's as important as you know. I even look back at my playing career. It's the it's all the memories and the friendships. I think that's okay. and. That's what we're lucky here with Vauxhall is that the baseball part and the travel and Vegas and Kamloops, all these fun things are great to have, but it's, it's relationships that they miss. That's what I miss as a coach. It, you know, and sometimes those relationships can be good or bad with players, but you miss, we're all going, oh, that's why we're doing this. Uh, you know, we don't get to interact face to face with players. We don't get to, you know what, and it doesn't matter if somebody Matt Mariners, you know, had them pitching every Saturday for us, sure. But more importantly, I just miss chatting with Adam Echo or Josh Bergman, 
or a player that's maybe moved on in life, you know, as a teacher, uh, just that personal relationship and be able to connect with them and, you know, meet them face to face and talk with them daily. And that's what I, I think you, I miss the most from, um, and the kids that are best at that, usually your best communicators usually have a lot of other great qualities that follow in behind it. And it's definitely, um, definitely you hit the nail on the head. And I think that's something that, again, we try and get our athletes to do here at Premier Sports Academy is communicate with us and really engage in what we're teaching and engage in what we're telling them. Because, again, at the end of the day, we want to see these kids succeed, not only on the ball field during the summer that we're going to send them back to, but again, overall in life, whether it's their goal or aspiration to play collegially or professionally, um, it's it's that kind of experience that they're going to have engaging with kids that may not be from their association or a friend they make when they come into Premier Sports Academy. I think you hit the nail on the head there with that answer and kind of uh, the relationship building. So uh, moving into the next one, I, I really want to get into your, your experience. Um, I'm a... I've played in the uh, WNBL. I played for the Weyburn Beavers for a summer. Not nice. a lot of people are kind of they're, – they're not familiar with the Wimble and I guess now the WCBL. Um, so just talk about that experience and how that's another route when you're in college and uh, university and how these leagues are very beneficial for not only your development, but, again, building those relationships. I mean, coming out of the Wimble from Weyburn, I've got – nine or 10 guys I still am communicating with from all over the country and all over the United States. So if you could just talk to that point in your experience coaching, uh, I believe it was with Lethbridge. Yeah, I, uh, I've been involved with the league for, for a number of years. So way back when it was called the SMU, Saskatchewan, I played in Oyen, uh, played in uh, Coaldale, uh, which then became Lethbridge. Uh, so I was involved as a player and I was involved as a head coach manager and now just involved more as a fan with a ton of Oxhall players that play in the league. Uh, the, the college summer league, I think, is an awesome experience. When you look at it, it professional mentality and the professional approach to the college side, um, you know, the WCBL now is you know, it's really successful. They get a ton of great teams. Um, but again, it, you know, when you talk in the communication part, it takes, you know, especially guys that are at smaller colleges, I think it uh, gives them an opportunity to play in front of 2,000 fans or 3,000 fans in Oaks or whatever it may be. And it gives, but again, that communication uh, helps you learn more that maybe some colleges would have uh, or kids can't answer because it's a business and they're trying to make money and they're trying to win games and it's a tremendous experience. Weyburn, uh, I remember as a manager, we had a game shut down in Weyburn. I can't remember the year uh, because there were so many mosquitoes and bugs and lights. You couldn't see the ball very well, so they shut the game down. So that's a great experience on Weyburn. It's an awesome place. Uh, well, we have a couple jets, but one in particular that's been a mainstay there, played shortstop and second base for for the Beavers for a number of years. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think the whole league and the whole college summer experience, I think is tremendous 
for Canadians. Um, and for kids, you know, it, it, it's also a unique, the more I spend time in the Maritimes, it's like senior baseball in the Maritimes. You know, if you play for Fredericton senior team, it's a big, big time deal. Um, and big events. And, you know, I was talking to some of the guys about it this past summer, uh, about their experience in the senior nationals. And that's WCBL is but every five, six, seven nights a week. So yeah, I, I, I think it'd be great to have a couple of their owners or coaches or, or general managers as guests here because even though you're dealing with athletes, I think and um, you know, certainly it's it's a mainstay in Alberta and I think it'd be great to to, to uh, communicate to the maritime. Yeah, and that's it's funny you talked about New Brunswick. Um, you know, we're we're in the process right now of trying to secure a few baseball New Brunswick guests to talk about. Um, just baseball New Brunswick seems to have something that the rest of Atlantic Canada just does not have. And I've wondered: is it because baseball is their sport, or is it their proximity to the United States? I know you've had a few athletes from New Brunswick. I believe uh, Jay Johnson went there. Um, correct. Uh, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, can you talk a little bit about for our athletes, just some of the things players you've seen come out of places like New Brunswick, because I think that's the model we look to here in Newfoundland. It's like, if we can get our game on par with a, a, an Atlantic maritime province like New Brunswick, if we're going to be competitive with the rest of the country. I think that's a good, you know, I think that's a great question. You know, you look at the success that Nova Scotia had last year at the Canada Cup. They won it. And, you know, the Maritimes is such an untapped territory, and there's so much passion. And I think what's happening, and they're starting to play more baseball under the fall. I think a lot of the championships are in the fall, which is great. I think we should do that more. Um, but my experience, you know, in New Brunswick, it goes back to Jay Johnson, and um, our most recent athlete is Max Grant. Uh, Max was with Team Canada. Uh, he signed at Canisius. He's going on a good Division One scholarship to Canisius next year. Had a really good week uh, with Team Canada last week, and you know, I hit about every game. Um, you know, I, I agree with New Brunswick does a really good job of. Uh, you know, I was out there recruiting in January, and every there was 50 players that we invited to a workout in a small little gym in Fredericton, New Brunswick. And every single player, except for two who were sick or another game, some were leaving a hockey game, running over to workout baseball, then running back to a hockey game. I think they've just made it into a passion and, and it becomes something that's important. I think it's like anything, if, if it was sent, everybody would be all in and you just work your schedule around it. Um, but yeah, I, I cherish all the everything out of New Brunswick. I want to start naming coaches because, you know, there's a ton of them that have helped us. Uh, but Matt Clark was involved with baseball in New Brunswick and, and Mark Dwell. Uh, but Clarky was a, a former a former. He's moved on now, a new crew with baseball in New Brunswick. It's just been supportive. And I think what New Brunswick does a good job of is they put their side of their kids. Um, and we always ensure and tell them we'll make sure everything that we can, we'll put all the resources we can, but then we want them to go back to New Brunswick and make sure that they get back to New Brunswick baseball, whether it's with their local club association, the Canada Games, the Canada Cup, Team Canada, or, 
ultimately maybe run in the office with baseball New Brunswick someday. So, uh, you know, I'm thankful for the relationship had in our program, and we, we look forward to, to having the next New Brunswicker, and hopefully next year. No, and I guess to just take that, uh, you know, this is a question I was thinking about saving for the end, and we talked a little bit about it offline, but, I mean, one of the things that we've done uh, as part of opening a facility is start to open kids' eyes to what some of these prospect camps look like or or recruiting programs or school visits similar to what you were, uh, you, you know, you do for Vauxhall. Um, you talked about trying to coordinate some things in Newfoundland. I mean, I think I would just like to kind of put that out there now for our athletes is, you know, I would like to stay in touch with you and your program so that we can, you know, hopefully get you here one day to start creating that funnel for our athletes to get them some exposure. Well, I think a hundred percent. And, you know, here's the thing. I, I tell people this all the time, you know, would I love all the best players to come to Vauxhall? A hundred percent. But sometimes it wasn't the right fit but you certainly want opportunity and it might be not to leave New, uh, Newfoundland. It might be important to stay in Newfoundland and develop with, with programs and your program. And, you know, if we can help offer that, I think at, the more we're able to give people, the more you'll get in return. Um, so that's why when we go play, if I'm able to visit Newfoundland next year and, and maybe I can give something to the Island or, or help you guys in your program, Eventually, maybe we get a new ladder to come to Vauxhall, and it gives a little bit more. At some point, he goes back, and That's he's right. a coach or an umpire, or a board member, or a provincial coach. And you know, and not everybody's for Vauxhall. There's only programs out there. If that means that I can help, and they're going to go to another program, I'm cool with it. I, I don't think I think there's enough players out there that we can all uh, do our best. Have good programs and and survive and continue to develop young men that's what we're after uh you know and i look back you know relationships we, we built over in the country over the years and throughout canada you know every one of those relationships i cherish today and and i think it it's a two-way you know hopefully they help us a little bit hopefully i can help them and you know, ultimately, we're all in this together, and that's the better baseball and the better baseball in your province, your area, and our country. And, you know, we're all doing it for the reasons. I, I was just in New Brunswick in January, and there was a couple of players that were too old for us, and you pass their name on to the Prairie Baseball Academy. Or yeah. it could be, or, or it could be, you know, it, it, and I think if you, the more, it's funny, I, I, uh, I read a tweet from from a friend of mine yesterday, and he was talking about everybody needs a sponsor. And it was Corey Eckstein in in uh, Abbotsford, who's going to OBJ next year. And Corey thanked Greg Hamilton that he was his sponsor. Greg Hamilton always taught everybody needs a sponsor. Everybody needs somebody to go to bat for them when they need, you know, backup or help or or a reference. Um, and I I think that's important. And I so as I try, I try real hard. I try to give as much as I ask for, for uh, and it goes full circle. Yeah, that's a, yeah, I just, I would want to jump in with one more question here quickly, Noah, on that, on the point that uh, Les just made, but you talked about giving back, um, you know, all of these things that, you know, coming full circle. Uh, we've talked about it a few times with some of our guests and, you know, off air is that, 
there's a bit of a coaching age gap in this province, uh, you know, but there's, you know, we're kind of missing some age groups in between. And, and one of the things that we have an emphasis on at our facility is hiring young coaches that are either in high school or just graduated high school to start that development curve again and make sure they stay in the game. Is that an important topic and discussion that you have with your players? Is that, you know, that obligation to give back, you know, what you've received, uh, you know, a lot of your kids would have received some incredible training and whether or not they play professional baseball or, or don't even have any aspirations to play professional baseball. Uh, I mean, they would have a tremendous amount of knowledge they could give back to whatever communities they're from. Is that something that you guys preach to your athletes? That's a great question. I think, you know, 14 years ago when we started this, every single player for every single minor ball team in Vox, so it's a small town, so there's not a teams, but every team is coached or Vauxhall Academy Jets. So if you're coaching an eight-year-old Little League team and you're a mom and a dad that doesn't know baseball, we'll give you two of our guys. We'll be at all your practice. Uh, you know, try to get back because it, it's funny. It goes when you talk about full circle. You'll have some players that are going to coach a Little League team or a 10-year-old team. And they quickly appreciate how hard it is to coach, how hard it is to communicate, and how hard it is to deal with parents' kids, right? Uh, but we force it. Uh, we have kids that are involved with, with even hockey lessons. We have kids that are involved with power skating, um, refing volleyball, refing basketball. I think giving back to your community is a critical uh, piece of that puzzle. And these kids are blessed with the ability to play baseball. And if we can teach them to communicate, you might not think they have much to offer, but they do. And and the sooner they realize, you know, I can't imagine the power that, you know, Derek Jeter or Vladdy Guerrero Jr., some of these huge names, you begin to realize it. But even with our high school athletes, they have a huge power. And they might not think, I never would have thought I was going to be coach sophomore in college and the sooner you can realize that uh i think the better off they're going to be as they go quick story for we played a game we were up we've been playing oak oaks we got rained out so we were going to stay an extra day and two of our players were coaching a 10 year old little or 12 year old little league game coaches so we're up in okotoks we got we were rain delay or we're going to stay an extra day and they are supposed to coach the team. And coach, I got a little league tomorrow night. I got a coach. I got to practice. What do I do? <laughs> and I, I remember like it was yesterday. I don't know. You figure it out. You're the coach. So it was, uh, and they probably, a couple of them probably remember it pretty well. So well, anyways, it was fun and, and uh, you know, kind of got a chuckle out of it as well. So, you know, I, 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 I hit, you hit the nose on the head, mentor, coach mentorship and being involved with youth is critical. Involved, the more comfortable you become. Thanks for that. Yeah, and it, it's it definitely it goes back to you. You made a great point in sharing all of this knowledge that we all have across this country and comparable to the United States. Um, again, Canada with baseball. Um, some would say again on the national stage that we're right there. We're really close. And again. I believe in my my thoughts anyway, and again, it's my own, it's just my opinion. But 
I think the more knowledge that we can share from coast to coast and uh, the more training methods and kind of communication that we have with uh, coaches like yourself and anybody else on the West Coast and in Ontario and Quebec and Brunswick, Nova Scotia, the more we share, I think the better we will become as a country and uh, creating that culture for baseball from coast to coast. Again, um, our hashtag that we use on social media is change the culture because again, I've always said it, but why not baseball um, in the winter? Uh, you've got all these sports that you can play year round. And again, having that passion, a lot of kids just have the passion for the game. But again, a lot of the kids are multi-sport athletes who like to do both. And then hockey now offers stuff in the summer. So again, I really like that point about kind of that sharing of the knowledge and uh, bringing it full circle and creating a Canadian baseball culture that we can all get immersed into. And I think some of our followers would agree with that. I agree with you. you know, I, I think, you know, why not baseball is a great question. And, and you still want them to play hockey. You still want them to play yeah. basketball. Well, yeah. volleyball and these, you know, multi-sport is great. Uh, at some point, you're going to have to pick. If you at a young age, why can't you play some baseball throughout the winter? Why can't you? It doesn't need to be thrown every day, but there's so many pieces of the puzzle. And the more we can expose ourselves and continue to grow and learn and, you know, and, and it, might, it might not be strength training at 10, but you can learn fundamentals or you could start earlier on the mental side or so many opportunities that we have. Um, that I think we give away. Let's be honest, you know, especially where you guys are at, you know, six, seven, eight months. Easy. It's off season. Reverse that curve. Yeah. Give them a couple months where they can, <laughs> for your baseball season, I don't know for sure, but I assume it's June, July, and August. July yeah. and August. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, so let's flip it. So you got eight months. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely tough. I mean, being in the climate that we're in, but again, it's never, there's so many resources out there too that we can kind of engage with, um, not only on uh, social media, but again, just watching baseball as a whole. And I think Ryan brought it up with one of our guests uh, previously, but the amount of kids right now that typically haven't sat down and watched a full major league game or watched a couple of innings and just seen how those guys do it at the highest level and taking pride in that and enjoying and watching it and kind of asking the question, Oh, why does he do this? Or why does he do that? I think, I think that's something too, that we try and preach to our athletes is that again, just watch some baseball. I, I personally, I love putting on collegiate games because it's again, those kids that are still developing and trying to make it at the next level. And we got a lot of great Canadians right now playing in division one and at division one schools and getting the opportunity to see them, uh, progressing is something that I really enjoy and I try and preach to the athletes that I'm coaching. So Ryan, do you actually have any other points uh, to that? No, the only one that I wanted to go into was just a bit of a transition that we never got into. We haven't talked much about pitching, honestly, which was you know one of the reasons we were really excited to talk to you. Um, what are some things, you know, we're just parents and, and athletes when we first opened premier sports academy and we've talked about it with a number of our guests is it's january let's get on the mound and start throwing and we're really trying to help these people understand this there's a lot of preparation that has to go in before you throw i guess can you talk a little bit about you know uh progression you know as you get older what you should be doing at certain ages a little bit without going into too much depth but what you should be doing at certain ages to progress in pitching and you know 
hopefully I, I would say you would agree that, you know, it's not pitching off of a mound in January when you're 10 years old. Uh, it's, it's a good question. And I think it's something that's underdeveloped and we never look at as coaches at a young age. Everybody wants to hit. It's the most gratifying thing to do. Let's hit, hit because coaches, you know, at a young age, what we do is, hey, run and stretch and get your arms loose. And there's no instruction. Uh, um, you know, and then they get their arms loose. And then we give them trouble when they can't throw the ball to first base or they can't throw the ball in second base or they miss a cutoff man. We never spend any time in structure as far as how to play catch properly, how to, and and it starts as simple. And this might be crazy. August twenty eighth is our report day with Vauxhall next year, this coming year. And the very first day we're going to talk about, and some kids don't really at seventeen, let alone. To me, it starts as simple as making sure we grip the ball all properly, and then look into our lower half, making sure our lower half works in. The apply force, you know, so many young options that, hey, I need to push off the mound or I need to push forward or I need to spin. You know, instead of, you know, it starts with our two feet in the ground. And if we focus our attention on grip, we worry about our lower half, our arm action, a lot of time is our arm action. And we, we can clean that, and I think you later. Um, but to me, it really starts with our foundation um, and too many times I think we're all susceptible to it I me included on the arm and we focus on the the, the, the delivery as opposed to let's start at the feet and if we focus on the feet and if there's a little malfunction there and it's funny before all that happens I think too many parents just think oh, I'm gonna run I'm gonna do some arm circles and cross my arm across my chimes and I'm good to go um, I think we're all a product of hurry. We only have a two-hour practice. We got to get our, our hitting done. Where you know, the first ten minutes could be a shoulder out, uh, then go into our throwing progression and learn to long toss properly with angles, uh, and learn to spin the ball properly, where a problem is the side spin or whatever it may be. And then I think our, our practices become so much crisper, so much cleaner, and so much more efficient if you just learn to play catch properly. Um, I think, again, we, we, we all are at fault with it. We want to go to the saddest hit, 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 or bunt defense, or cuts and relays, or all that start feeling to throw the ball. Um, so I think, Ryan, we, we set up a call, me and you, and talk shop a little bit, and you know, I'm certainly not an expert at, at throwing or pitching, but I, I have a passion for it. Um, I think even just this last winter, I look back at the development we did with our players. I think too much, too much we tried to worry about instead of worried about the delivery and being out and be able to move really and be able to apply force and have different, uh, um, different patterns. And I think too many Tasha and all coaches at this, they, we coach the athlete out of the athlete at times. Yeah. Um, and I, I apologize to one of our pitchers who just had to go home. Uh, and I, I told them straight up that I think we coach too much of your athlete and this athlete. So I said, let's use the shutdown time for the next four to six weeks of being an athlete. Do not throw open. Let's become better mover, a better thrower. And I'll get, 
I'm confident the velocity is going to go from 88 to 90 just by being more athletic. And I think it's important. And I, and that, I can start at 10 years old, 8 years old. Um, to me, 8, 10, 8 to 12 is the most important time to become a good thrower. Yes. Yeah, we just – that's our quick, quick follow-up on that one. We just had uh, Tyler Susi on from uh, Playball Academy. He has below pitching, and we talked about that, and he talked about the criticality of learning how to throw in that window. We, you know, we spend so much time saying throw a strike to these kids and not enough emphasis on how to throw the ball with intent like you just talked about, right, learning how to properly throw the baseball in those, you know, very key development here. So I'm, I'm glad that's, you know, someone else reinforcing that point, you know, what should we be as coaches and parents with our kids, really teaching them how to throw the balls. We can work with strikes, but learning how to throw the ball is very important. I think, you know, as coaches, we always need to challenge ourselves to reward and make games and do things that, that help reward guys like Catchwell. And it doesn't have to always be the radar gun that says, oh, I have everybody else that was 50. We all know that. But reward the kid that can throw it through a Cheerio or, you know, can can throw in the run or be able to run sideways and throw the ball back the other. Just make part of what is good. I think hitting is, I get it. it it's awesome. It's, it, it's easy to justify. But Throwing's critical, and you know, if anything, anything as a country, I think we do a good job because we're forced to spend time indoors. Like we can't play games in January, so we have to work on our game. We have to work on throwing. We can take BP in the cage, sure, but throwing is critical, and I think Canadians are becoming better and better throwers because we're forced to do it indoors. That's actually a great point you made there and something that I, I've overlooked. And uh, yeah, across Canadian baseball with our time spent indoors. And again, looking uh, once again, looking at uh, the fact that we, we can improve on those small little details before we step foot on the field. So and really improve our movement patterns and make sure that we're moving efficiently. It's it all goes hand in hand. And it's definitely something that we as a country, we as every different organization across this country can take full advantage of. So. You know, I think that makes Canada unique. And I think that's why we've, we, we do a good job producing arms. We, you know, corner bats and arms is what we're known. It's uh, <laughs> no secret, you know, and we can throw, you know, that's usually what games are known for. Are we ever? So, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here very quickly. Um, again, from me, thanks again, Les, for jumping on with us and taking the time out of your day and the time out of your schedule to join us and just chat some baseball. It's great to hear that perspective and great to uh, get you on and ex uh, expose uh, what you guys have going on at Box Hall Academy to our athletes, to our followers, to our coaches. Um, anything from you, Ryan, before we wrap up? Yeah, I just um, – do you want to – No, I, I think – Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just sorry. Gonna, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, just give everyone a little bit of plug about Vauxhall and what you're doing, what your mission is. I mean, if if it's an avenue that that our kids can potentially avail of, we'd we'd love for them to hear it from you. You know. Um, 
Yeah, Vauxhall, you know, it's it's unique. It's a small town in the middle of southern Alberta. We take 22 kids from across the country. Uh, you know, typically start starting in grade 11. Uh, they come in, they live together, they practice together, they go to school, they eat all their meals. It is a all-encompassing environment where they become, we try to teach them to be ready for the rigors of college college baseball um, and or professional baseball. But, you know, it's unique. Schools, uh, our motto has always been better person, better player. We've always put a big emphasis into school. Um, our high school is one of the top ranked academic high schools in Alberta. It's a public school. It's really small. We got some tremendous, uh, essentially the, the indoor facility, the dorms and the school, you could hit a nine iron, uh, you know, it's all, you know, all in a little city block, everything's all encompassing. So it's unique. And I, I've always firmly believe if you surround yourself with like and yourself with people that are maybe minded but a little better than you, it's extremely powerful. And, and the kids that we have come in here, they're competitive in every aspect of their, their life. Um, and it could be as simple as we do Lumex and we have a reward for the best. And, uh, you know, they're competitive as, in that as they are as in the weight room or in the school. So, uh, it's a unique environment. You know, we've never had a Newfoundlander. Um, I'm looking toward to hopefully getting out there and maybe we get one sooner than later. And, and I've heard things about the province and they're, if having our first Newfoundlanders, anything like the Maritimers we've had in the past, uh, the sky's the limit. So, you know, I guess just to finish up, you know, I appreciate that with me, but, you know, it's such a crazy time country as baseball coaches or as baseball parents even, you know, the more time we can spend, uh, listening line it's going to be a critical it's critical uh so i you know as much as there's so many disadvantages right now maybe there is some advantages it makes us all slow down maybe a little different uh, utilize some online tools that may necessarily not used in the past and um hopefully uh hopefully sooner than later we'll all be able to get back out on the field and and uh do the things that we Definitely. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I just wanted to say thanks again, Les, from us here at Premier Sports Academy, all our followers, all our viewers. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. And this will be available on replay on our Facebook page. And uh, Les, can't thank you enough. And uh, you're doing great things at Foxhall Academy. We can't wait to follow along once everything gets back going. And uh, guys, make sure that you follow along on, on their social media as well. Um, and once again, all I can say is thank you. And uh, Ryan, last words? No, thanks again, Les. We appreciate the time, and, and we definitely look forward to talking with you in the future. We, we appreciate it very much. Safe and uh, enjoy this downtime a little bit. Look forward to seeing you on the ballpark soon. Cheers. Thanks. Will do. Cheers. Thanks, Les. Thanks, guys.